Hey, everybody. Welcome to It's Real with Jordan and Demi in New York. I'm Jordan Edwards in LA. We got Demi Ramos. What's going on, Demi? Feeling good. Just got off a flight. Now we're going to talk. Today's guest is one of the hottest stars in music. Her single ABCDEFU has become a top 10 hit all over the world. And today mm -hmm. she is here to talk about her new music. Please welcome Gail. Hello. What's Hi. going on? All the way from Nashville. What an intro. What an intro. I try. Yeah. I try to be official. I try to sound official. You sound very official. You are making me sound a lot more important than I actually am. But I appreciate it. I mean, it's, I was just looking at, you've hit number one, the, number, the song's hit number one in countries all over the world. And today or this mm -hmm. week, it hit the top 10 in the US. There Let's you are, number go. nine. You're up oh. there with Adele and you know Black, John Ed Sheeran you know, all these people so how does it feel right now how, what's the state of mind for you right now yeah it's it's very exciting I'm very grateful obviously like it's so crazy I also like I've been doing music for 10 years about so like it's just so crazy to be like working for something for so long and to actually have it happen in any way or capacity is so crazy but I I definitely feel like somebody's lying you know like somebody got really good at photoshop and was just like hear me out what if you know like it i just feel like somebody's gonna like come into my life and just be like it's a prank like i feel like i'm living in a virtual reality like none of this i think maybe one day eventually it'll, it'll hit me or even to comprehend like how many people heard this song like i still can't call this song a hit i have a hard time even saying the word successful with it because it's just so new and like, I just, oh my gosh, it's all so crazy and like hard to wrap my mind around, but it's just really exciting. One thing I really wanted to talk to you about going off of this is being 17. Mm -hmm. This is happening at 17. And like, how does it feel right now to be a 17 year old girl in such a crazy industry? Like the music industry is no joke. So what is it like for you? It's crazy. I've been in the music industry really since I was 10. That's when I started going back and forth to Nashville. And that's when I was like really trying to like put myself in it and like trying to meet people and all that. And it's really, it's a really difficult industry to be in, especially because there's so much bull that just gets waved around at you and there's great people in it. And there's the dream crushers and the people who take advantage of you. And it's like to figure out those things like who are the people who actually have good intentions with you and the people who don't because also like you can't do music alone that's one of the things you need somebody at some point whether it's like your friends who are your co-writers or even just like people who do music with you or like you need a manager you need an agent you need somebody to be your support and help you but also that comes with trust and to like meet people you actually trust through the music industry can be like a difficult thing to do. But also like once you meet your people and they're your friends and you work with them and then they feel like your family and you get to do the thing you love most in this world and you get to travel with them, perform with them, write with them. I mean, it's really a spectacular thing. And I think also the thing with the music industry is the highs are very high. The lows can be very low, so. What are the highlights so far you did Jimmy Fallon uh, that a week was or two ago. Crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was. And you even got to do a little, a little bit, bit with him and for promo. Um, yes. And then he included <laughs> you in one of his little segments. Uh, uh, no, I, that's so crazy. I literally don't know 
what that was like i i have no idea like i was like he keeps shutting me out like that's so like i don't know like because they also like don't tell you you'll just go on instagram and they'll be like gail the pope was coming home from work and decided to listen to music and it's like abc or like a parent teacher conference and it's abc that is so cool and genuinely was like one of the like highlights of my life Absolutely. i was thinking about how like you know, most girls your age are, you were talking about trusting your managers, trusting your team, like building a team. And I'm thinking mm -hmm. to myself, most girls your age are literally trying to figure out what outfit they're going to wear to like girls night. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, so speaking of like trust and stuff like that, uh, tell us about the lows. I mean, you know, there are highs, the Jimmy mm -hmm. Fallon thing, the hit. But like, what's going on in your personal life that like, is there, you know, how do you, how do you cope with all that? Yeah. I mean, I moved to Nashville when I was 12 and I started going back and forth. Yeah. So there's about like a year and a half, two years of when I was like going back and forth. And when I was doing that, I was homeschooled and I had like a best friend that I absolutely loved. And she lived in Texas and I had a couple friends and I had to leave everything. I had family there and I left everything to do music. And it was just, um, my mom and my stepdad at the time and then my brother, we all moved. And sometimes I talk about my stepdad moving to Nashville with me. Sometimes I talk about not, but about like a year and a half into it, my parents got divorced and that was a really difficult thing. And also I was homeschooled and had no friends, like genuinely at some wow. point. I once, I once literally went to my mother. I was like, tell a friend I have. And she genuinely couldn't. When like your mom can't even like be like, what? And like, it was really difficult. Like I was going to these writers rounds three to five times a week. I was writing with people as much as I could, but I was surrounded by adults. There's no kids my age. There's nobody that I could relate to. And it was hard because I was writing off of these, like I was writing off of my life, but also like I had no personal experiences, you know, like I had no friends to like go out and do things. And then when I got older, when I was around like 12, 15, I find it's, I certainly started to get some friends, but then they were terrible. They're such terrible friends who did not have my best interest or like cared, did not care about me like whatsoever. And also dealing with that when you had no friends and then you have friends and then they're terrible. And then I also like put on a face for people, you know, like I, I also like some of the lows in being a young kid in music and just specifically like being a woman in music. There is a lot of pressures just look a specific way. Like I have been in meetings where people, I was 11, I was 11 sitting in people's couches and they're telling me to lose weight at 11. They're telling an 11 year old to like eat healthy for her clear, for my skin to be clear so people could watch my videos. Cause if I had acne, nobody's going to watch my YouTube videos. That's I crazy was also, that's something that we think of that happened years ago in like the seventies or eighties. And it's wild to think that that's still happening now in 2022. Yeah. And even like when I got signed to Atlantic, they never told me to look a specific way. They never told me to act a specific way. They never told me what to say, what not to say, you know. But when I was meeting people before that, they were always telling me how to act and how to sing and what to say and, like, not to be, like, shocking, I guess. And, like, I don't even do things out of shock value. Just sometimes, like, me telling my ex-boyfriend and this whole entire family to F off can be offensive to people. I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be offensive. It happens, maybe mm -hmm. offend people, but because being unapologetically angry as a woman and so outspoken can be seen as like such a shocking thing and not always everybody is going to love that. 
it would be like, just don't do it. Be this like acceptable cookie cutter type of girl. And that's how you're going to make it in the music industry. And when people are in the whole dreams hostage saying you have to act like this so people accept you it's hard to think they're wrong you know especially when people consistently like put themselves a position of power it's like a big ego trip that's a lot of people in the music industry too especially like on the lower levels because I was in those levels for so long just trying to get people to pay attention to me or meet me because I was just like this 10 year old I was this 11 year old I was a 12 year old I was a 13 year old I was a 14 year old while everybody around me was like 10 years older. And um, and then eventually I found kids my own age that also were doing music. And, but then I was doing pop music and they were all doing country. And I love country music, it's great, but I never felt the personal pull, but the rules were different. So for me, being a woman, doing the pop, being the pop person in the country rounds, but the rules for me were different, you know? And like, that was also hard too, to have to like constrict myself to please an audience. When was like the that. turnaround for you that you finally were like, I found what works for me. I found, I found myself and my voice. Yes. Yeah, I, 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 I was like 14 and I was looking in the mirror and I was like, I don't know who I'm trying to please, but it's not myself. I don't know who I'm acting in front of certain people, but they, they don't treat me well. They don't have my best interests. I am consistently around people that don't actually know who I am as a person and they don't care to know, you know, they just want the surface of me. And like, that was a big switch for me. And then I really, I wanted to be this like acceptable person. And I kept just diluting myself to please other people. And then I just had that twist of being like, you know what, I'm over it. What's the point? What is the point of trying to make other people happy if you're not happy yourself? And I really started acting like myself around people, talking like myself, not necessarily trying to be like the most like mannered filled person. Cause I am a people pleaser. I want people to like me. And so I have like the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, trying to be, super, to be people, yeah, yeah, trying to be polite. And then I honestly just stopped caring and started acting like myself. And then I started surrounding myself with people who actually knew me. And then that also became easier for me to be me. You know, like when you're surrounded by people who don't know you, to then be yourself can be really intimidating. And it was, and then when I started doing that and then had a community of people who fully accepted me for me, that's when it also became easier to just like experiment with the things that I wanted and trying, trying to push myself to be more interesting at times, you know, and like trying to push myself to keep changing as a person rather than trying to just like stay in the same place and just be acceptable. Because once I'm accepted, I don't have to change. I don't have to be different because they already like me. Wow. Like, one thing that's really cool about your about ABCDFU and your new single is that it's not just that you're young, it's that these are rock songs. These have like pretty heavy guitars. These, you know, like ABCDFU has been an alternative hit as well as a top 40 hit. But your early singles, you know, I was listening to your early music, songs like Dumbass and Orange Peel mm -hmm. have more of a pop or there's some acoustic guitar, but it's more of a pop song kind of vibe. So when did you turn into this rock direction? I would say 15 was a big, so I was 15 when 2020 hit happened and the whole pandemic hit. Um, and that's when I, I remember the moment where it was like, I was watching this movie and it's so embarrassing. This is my first time watching it, but I was watching Almost Famous in quarantine. That's a good, that's a good movie. Don't be embarrassed. No, it's so good. But I like, I should have, this should have been a movie. I just came out of the womb knowing, but I didn't. Um, but <laughs> It was basically like 
people who don't know, it's basically like this journalist who like goes on tour with this rock. Oh, band. yeah. Yeah, and like there's this one scene, and this is when shows haven't happened in six months, no live performances. And there's this scene of this small room packed with people. And it was packed with sweaty people that were just waiting to like throw a riot and waiting to have a party and waiting to like scream on the top of their lungs and have the best night of their lives. And I saw that and I was like, that, that is what I want my live show to be. That is the energy I want to create in the room. And that's when I also like found Alanis Morissette, Alanis Morissette, um, she's amazing. And then I also just found other like rock artists and bands that just really started inspiring me. And I also just started listening to it more and listening to what they're doing and how it translated to their live shows. But also like with ABC, like the original is more pop than I would say it's rock than like the angrier version was specifically made for live performance and to have that rock alternative leaning inspiration. Um, with Orange Peel, like even the song before all of that, I wrote that song when I was 15, but it was like, before, no, actually, I think it was like 14. I was like either like 14, I wrote Dumbass when I was 14 and then I wrote Orange Peel and I like just turned 15. And um, with Orange Peel, I've always been super inspired by like Aretha Franklin. Like she was the main reason why I started doing music and like, just soulful R&B leaning music has been something that's really been an inspiration for me ever since I was literally a little kid. Um, and so that was kind of more of an inspiration before I found the like alternative rock leaning songs. And then um, with the dumbass, that was more when I was like, just like writing on my acoustic guitar and more of like the singer songwriter phase, liking pop music, but not really like, it was a very like new thing to be writing for my artist project and really like, be experimenting inside what I want to be doing inside pop music. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the evolution. But my um, goal is to be able to like do all of those things at once. Maybe see where that takes me. I feel yeah, like I a lot of musicians start off kind of with the basics, singer songwriter with the guitar or piano. Um, and then there's like this thing where I think around your age, you kind of like, you can go, and especially talking about like girls, it's like, you can either go two ways the like, fuck you, I'm gonna be who I wanna be, or I'm gonna be what society wants to put me in a box and be, right? And I love the direction you're going in. And I think right now in 2022, there are so many girls who kind of remind me, we had Noah Carell on the show mm -hmm. um, a few weeks ago, and you kind of remind me of her. She's also, I think she's like 21, but there's this, there's this new generation of women that are coming up in music and they're, they're setting an example for uh, you know, a new strong generation um who thinks for themselves and refuses to be boxed and i absolutely love it and i'm i'm rooting for you yeah Thank you. Gail, you called out you you said that you wanted to do a number song after the letters song but that upsall had done it before you i saw you you that oh and my upsall, god a friend of ours she's been on the show and That's i just awesome. want to say that would be a really dope collaboration if you guys <laughs> ever make that happen so. you know oh that I would be eyes. crazy i, I going would on. We would never do a song together. That would be ridiculous. I would never, I would, I would never ever do that. That is such a wild idea. Is this a collaboration coming up? I cannot say anything. Like we're DMing. We're DMing. Yeah. I'm just, yeah. you know, that, there's it's it's exciting. It's I've I met her before we like we know each other, we talk to each other. Um, she's really sick and I really love her artist project and her just as a writer. She's really great. Um, 
And Vivian yeah. Myers upsaw because she cuts her own bangs. Yes, honestly. Do you mm. cut your own bangs too? I don't. I don't. I'm too scared. Here's the thing. I just like let them grow out so they're like ridiculous and then cut them too short and then just do that over and over again. <laughs> it is so Gail, it's a, it's a big day. Not only are, is your single, is ABC hitting the top 10 and, and number one in some countries, but you just released a new single. I did. Uh, it, well, it is called You're Just Horny. <laughs> that is too hot. Look at that. Yeah. Um, Where is this picture taken? This was it's taken. Part of the music video. Yeah, it's in the music video. It's in like this guy's room. He has this apartment and he decorated it himself. And um, Jimmy Visco directed the music video. And it looks like it's a guy direct, uh, direct, decorated that apartment. Just yeah, he did. It was it was a dude, but his apartment was so cool. I wish my apartment looked like that. I don't have an apartment. What am I saying? I live with my mom. I wish I wish my room looked like that. Yeah, I, I I took a look at your the live stream you did earlier today for the release of the single, and I saw your mom at the beginning. She's kind of like hustling. She's like walking out of the room behind you. Funny enough, that's my manager. Cause I'm at her oh, house okay, right now. Cause her Wi-Fi, yeah, yeah. It, Cause her Wi-Fi just works better, and I don't know how platform streaming platforms work. Cause I'm like, what the, what do I, what do I do? I'm not pressing the right button. Like I don't know. Yeah, um, I'm living for the hair as well. The half red, the half black hair. Oh, thank you. Where did I, you get this? I've never even seen that before. So I dyed my hair black. So your girl's mental health not great. She needed, she needed a little switch up, you know, if you will. Uh -huh. And I had um, overtone, like it was like a color depositing conditioner. Cause like my mom didn't want me dyeing my hair because of course I wanted to take it to the extreme and like bleach it right away. And like, it was one of those things where she's like, if you're going to bleach it, I'd rather you be older and then kill your hair rather than you be like 13. Yeah. And because it's like a really like, cause you can like really mess up your hair. And it's just you just have to, it's like, yeah. Yeah. It'd be, yeah and so like and of course like i wanted it to be like lilac like the lightest color ever and she's like you're gonna have to wait on that one but i convinced her to let me do like the color deposit and conditioners and i first did this like espresso brown and i felt so cool because my like brown hair was like two shades darker and then i dyed it black and then like the black kind of washed out and then i had orange overtone and then i did that and so then my whole hair was kind of this color about um, I literally haven't dyed my hair in a minute. I'm going in tomorrow to do it. But um, and then for some, because I was dumb and didn't realize that like to like have the light colors from a color depositing conditioner, you have to like bleach your hair for it to show up. So it came out as this like ginger red, and I I was not in a good place mentally. I'm not gonna lie. It was not. It was not peak peak Gale, and um, it was like 3 a.m. and I had enough hair dye for half of my head. And I was like, let's do it. I already had the two, like, this is how you know I was not in a good place. I like had the red hair and I dyed the two black strips of my hair. Like I dyed it black and that wasn't enough of a change. No, 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 no. We just needed to take it the other way. So then I dyed and I thought I had a middle part. Turns out I didn't. So I dyed over <laughs> half my head black. Oh my and God. I had I had one string of black hair on the red side. Like it was so bad. It was so bad. But I've actually had this hairstyle for like two years, like the hair dye. Um, and it really just because I was indecisive. Like I couldn't pick a hair color I wanted. So. It's funny. We you we had uh we had Royal and the, and the Serpent on a couple weeks ago, who you did a remix of ABC with. Yeah. And and um, yeah, and you guys, there you are together. Slipping so each other off. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. That's nice. Uh, yeah. 
Men. Oh wow! Look at that. That's what we were talking about. But but we but when we when we talked to her, we talked about how she changes up her look all the time. Each new single, she has a new hair. She has a new aesthetic. And what's interesting with you and the deal when it comes to now that you're a well-known artist, you have photos and videos for every release and people are going to see stuff that's like two months old. It's already going to be outdated. You mentioned that you've had this hairstyle for a few, for a while now. Mm -hmm. So are you one of those people, are you going to constantly be changing it or is this like kind of the Gale look that you're, what do you want to stick with for a while? I want people to like see this hair color and this type of style and think of me, but it is something, it isn't something that I just want to be me. If that makes sense. Like I actually later in the year want to change my hair, but also like keep it the same, like still have it be the red and black, but just kind of switch it up just because like I've had this for so long and I've already gotten the bangs, gotten layers. I've gotten a new piercing. I've gotten tattoos. Like I just, it's getting to the point where I've been like avoiding dyeing the hair, but like I need the like, (laughs) switch up i need something i need something interesting in my life um but yeah i definitely like i really love this hair style like i never thought about doing a split dye ever literally just kind of hit me about doing it and i feel like it'd be weird to kind of have one hair color because i've had this for over two years um and yeah i mean i'm trying to keep it especially for like the first half of this year but we'd see about the second half not to sound like uh a lame dude but you know, you have these two singles and they're pretty provocative for someone who's 17. Mm-hmm. You know, you have, you're telling off, you're saying F you to a, a guy and his whole family. And, and, you know, and the ne- next single you're talking about, you just want to see me naked. So what does your family, what does your mom think about this whole, the, so, the lyrical yeah. path you're on? I, <laughs> I was first super nervous to show my mom ABC, but because she knew who it was about, she thought it was funny, you know. Like I, even from a young age, I was. That guy must be a horrible dude. If like even your mom thought it was humorous. Even my mom, even my mom laughed at it. But where's that? Does, does that guy know anything? Like is he like? Oh damn! Is it? Like, is it? Is it? Is it, is it his Instagram his bio? It's like yeah. ABC if you was written about me. That's like his tag. Yeah, right. He, I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he's heard the song. I don't know. But also, like, there's one thing that really change my perspective on everything because yes I was nervous to show my mom but I was nervous to show my grandmother you know like you're just horny A B C D E F U and there's that's definitely (laughs) not my only provocative songs I've ever written in my life you know and I played it for her and she stopped and she said something that really moved me and made me see the whole song in honestly a completely different way and she said you get to say the things that I never got to Because her as a 17-year-old girl, she wouldn't be able to say those things or do that or see that. She didn't have an example of that. And that is what changed everything for me, you know, to be a young female being outspoken and unapologetically angry is something that's really has been starting. I'm not the first person to ever do that. I even think like Alanis Morissette has paved the way to give women like me the confidence, but like my mother, my grandmother at 17 wasn't able to do that, which makes me at 17 want to do that and be pushing for more. What I if we just brought in Alanis right now into the feed? That would be, that'd be the, don't the even, moment don't of all moments. Play with me. With ABC, <laughs> let's talk about songwriting for a second, because when you, yeah. when you were making this song, were you aware of its potential? No, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I thought it was so stupid. I'm not no. gonna lie. It was no, literally, <laughs> because here's the thing: 
when you're like the artist in the session, <laughs> you think about when you're making it, it's like you put your face on it, right? Like you, like I wrote the song with two other people, Sarah Davis, Dave Pittenger. I would not have been able to write that song without them. And it's not that I thought it sucked or anything. It's just that like, I was going to release a song. Like if I were to release a song, it'd be ABCBEFU. And I knew people could either love that concept or hate that concept. And so when you're already writing something that you know people have the possibility of absolutely hating, you're going to automatically kind of be like, Meh. no, no, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. But then I like, actually, I also like most of the time can not like songs that I end up liking, you know, like I'm very particular. And so that was one song that I was like, I hate it. It's terrible. It's never going to see the light of day. I love it. <laughs> I want to listen to it again. You know, um, what did you, what did you bring to the, to your co-writers? Did you have the basic bones of the concept of the song and then you brought it to them to kind of flesh out? Or... No, it was one of those days where I was just like, I, I have no ideas, but I'm really pissed off. So let's rant about it. That's mm -hmm. always a good thing. Like what was really interesting is like, we started with the pre. So it was like, I went into the bathroom and he, Dave had the chords kind of like set. Cause we had the concept of like, we wanted to write something angry. We wanted to be pissed. And then like, I, I was in the bathroom and I was hearing, like I took a voice memo of the guitar. Cause sometimes when you're coming up with melodies in the same room as people, if, mm -hmm. it, if you aren't in the same lane and vibe, it can be very difficult. So I literally just went to the bathroom and that's when I did the pre like and then i had this melody that went after the pre that was like you know whatever and so then i went into the writer's room and i was like i got the chorus i got the chorus you know i walk in I sing it and Sarah's like, that's the pre. And I'm like, you motherfucker, I hate you. you know? <laughs> like, um, and then that's also when we kind of came up with the like, but nothing's getting through. So let me spell it out. And we had that. And then mm -hmm. I was like, oh, A, B, C, D, E, F, U. You know, like that was an idea that I like came into the room. Sorry. The way you're describing it sounds like a movie scene. <laughs> like when you, when you watch a, a biopic of a musician, you know, there's that scene where they like, where you see Johnny Cash, right? Walk the line or something. And it fits just perfectly. So it sounds like it came together pretty quickly and organically. Yeah, it was pretty organic. It actually took a minute to come up with everything because like we did the pre and then we wrote the chorus pretty quickly. Like the chorus came. Also originally the chorus was like, fuck you and your cousin and your father and your brother, everybody like, you know. And yeah. so because of that, like it was very easy to write the chorus because we just went for all of the family members. But what was the hardest thing to write was the verse because we didn't start out the song with the chorus originally. So we had to figure out to make the verse and pre interesting enough to stay around for the chorus. The chorus, wow. Yeah, so that was also. I think it's really, I think it's really well constructed. Uh, I'm a big music history, pop music kind of person. And I think that there's a lot of songs now that are like a minute and a half, two minutes long that kind of throw away the verse. And I feel mm -hmm. like the verse really makes the chorus have more impact in my opinion. Oh, thank you. I mean, yeah. Cause I really wanted to set up the details too with the verse. Cause like the biggest thing too, is like you have with this concept, you had to give reasons on why, they were they deserve being told to f off like if you just had the song of like f you no reason yeah. for it you had to kind of like set up the picture of like having the breaking point of being like no yeah like i'm over it 
and you were talking about it, you were afraid of it being too corny or something. I think mm -hmm. having those strong verses and then the production with the, with the, with the guitar and um, even the, the, the way the drums are, I think it makes it so sound so big and it's ready for an arena. And that's, I think what really makes the song, you know, give it punch, I guess. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I'm trying to find, I don't know why, but I'm trying to find the voice memos of when I actually wrote ABC, but I did not title them. They're literally, I have over like 3000 voice memos and like oh, they're all just like untitled. Goodness. Yeah, no, I would just find the most embarrassing <laughs> voice songs. memos. New song. You know, I was trying, I was trying, but. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about moving forward past this. What do you have on deck? Do you are you most do you have a bunch of songs written you're ready to record or do you kind of take it one at a time? Um, so I have a lot of songs already like kind of set together for my project. I kind of already know what I'm going to be putting on it. There's like I finished most of the songs. So there's two songs that have like 10 to 15% that I just need to be done with. And then I have a writing trip for LA. Um, so then I'm going to be just writing for a month straight and kind of whatever the best songs come of that and every song that I've ever written, then I'm going to kind of come together and pick the best stuff from there. It's like Demi. That's like Demi's life right now. <laughs> I'm in LA. Let's hang. Let's do it. I leave to, I literally go to LA tomorrow. Okay. Oh, I'm here. God. I think I'm going to probably move here. I mean, you're, so you've been in Nashville your whole life. Is this like, that's, that's home base. No, nah, actually I'm originally from Texas. Or Texas. Yes. Yeah. And I, okay. I moved, Absolutely. I started going back and forth to Nashville when I was 10 and I moved when I was 12. So I became like an aware human being with thoughts that I was in uh -huh. Nashville, but also like still, <laughs> there's still part of me that like feels like I'm at home when I'm in Texas. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, there's just still something that's like my childhood. Well, you said you, you say ma'am and sir, and that's kind of like very Texas kind of thing. Ma'am, I say y'all a lot. Like yeah. I, I, can, I can break out. Like it's one of those mm. things where people start talking to me in a country accent and it just starts kind of slipping in. And I'm just like, oh, honey, you're fine. And I start talking like this. And like I feel Kelly like this Clarkson accent with my face is a juxtaposition. But, you know, here we are. Like It's just... <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you taking the time because I know you're busy with, with all your success. And <laughs> congratulations on the success of ABC Thank and you. the new single. And I think it's it's really cool to talk to you as these two singles are fun. out simultaneously. And 10 years from now, 20 years from now, whether you like it or not, you'll be playing in these songs for people. I will. I, mean, I will, <laughs> for sure. I, I don't think I'm ever going to escape ABC now. It's, yeah, she's here to stay. And see, that's one thing that's interesting about this next step forward is you have to now create more hits so that you have this, so you don't get bored with these concerts 15, 20 years from now. So you have more songs to sing. Mm -hmm. More than just one. I mean, also I wrote ABC in August of 2020. So it took me a year to release ABC, which means I had a year of writing after ABC too, wow. you know? So there's yeah. definitely a lot of songs after ABC. We can't so. wait to hear them. And we can't Thank wait to you. see whatever full-length album, EP projects you have coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I'm With very excited. special guests, apparently. Maybe, maybe. maybe. That would be crazy. <laughs> Who would ever? Who would ever? All right, Gail. We'll talk to you later. Thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate you very much. All right. Bye. Bye. That was Gail. Her new single, You're Just Horny, is out now. And of course, you know her from ABC EFU. If you don't know that song, you just haven't been 
out in the world. You've been in a bunker underground or maybe at a ship lost at sea or something. But yeah. Demi, so and so inspiring because what I like about Gail is that, and she's she's still on the feed, she can still hear me, is that uh, um, the idea that someone, a lot of times we've, we've interviewed artists who were young and they hadn't been really making music for that long. And Gail feels like someone, like a veteran with mm -hmm. the maturity of someone much older and someone who's been out for, you know, been doing stuff for a lot longer than she has, so she's very aware of not just like her success, but her direction and her direction, but what she's standing for and what she's fighting for. And, um, and that's exciting. And I'm excited to, to see this around. Is that's the thing now with the, with the record industry and the music uh -huh. industry is people get pushed around and she's not going to get pushed around. Guarantee it. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. Thank you so much for watching and listening to It's Real with Jordan Demi. As always, you can go watch past episodes on YouTube and Facebook and listen to past episodes on Spotify, iHeart, and Apple Music. So until next week, we'll see you later. Mm -hmm.